The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles in the second chapter. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, And all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, men and women, in those days I will pour out my Spirit. And they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the, on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. pray together. God, we need you to send your Holy Spirit to us today. To set your Spirit on us and to kindle the fire of love and devotion and faithfulness in our hearts. Open our eyes to see the world as you see it. Open our hearts to love one another the way that you have loved us. Open our arms to embrace the world that you have given into our care. 
Send Your Holy Spirit, Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can be seated. I think that oftentimes for us in a liturgical setting, when we think about Pentecost, we think about it in terms of something happens and then something else happens. Because that's usually the way that the church year goes. We, we mark the church year in sort of a, a cyclical fashion. And we move in a big circle. It begins by proclaiming that, that God has come to set his people free. And then we rejoice in the, in, in the reality of the incarnation. We spend time uh, contemplating Jesus' work while he was among his disciples. We, uh, we spend time journeying into a wilderness of repentance so that we can rejoice in the, the joy of Easter. We hear the, the fullness of the Easter story, the message of Christ's ascension, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then the life in the Holy Holy Spirit that we live together in the church and then it comes to an end and we begin that cycle over again and it's very easy for us as we are participating in that cycle because it's a good cycle it's a good thing for us to be continually remembering those things it's a good thing for us to submit our calendars to the to the story that God is telling in his creation rather than the story that the culture around us is telling about us and about who we're supposed to be and about what our identities are. It's, it's a valuable thing to give those parts of our lives, to give time over into the care and the concern of telling God's story. But sometimes in the telling of that story, we can make assumptions about what is happening next. It happens especially, at least in my own experience, during this this interim between Ascension and Pentecost. Because we have the celebration of Ascension. We remember that, that Jesus is Lord. We proclaim that He has ascended to the Father's right hand. And then for us, we just sit and we say, okay, the next thing that happens is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the, the next step on the parade of, of, the, of the Jesus story, right? There's, there's, there's Jesus goes away and then He sends the Holy Spirit and then now we have the Holy Spirit and off we go. But here's what I want to suggest to us today. It is not for no reason that the Holy Spirit was sent to God's people at Pentecost. Because Pentecost is not, at the beginning at least, a Christian celebration. It is a celebration that God's people have celebrated For thousands of years. But it does not begin as a Christian celebration. The people of God were already gathered in Jerusalem. To celebrate the festival of Pentecost. The tradition of of the Jewish people at that time. Was that when they were delivered at Passover. from uh, From the slavery. Uh, of, of Egypt that God led them to his mountain and that after a period of completion, after a completed period, after a week of weeks, seven weeks, 49 days, 
God, on that 50th day, gave them, through Moses, the law. God, through Moses, established His covenant with His people after that period of time. And so the celebration that they celebrated was originally, uh, is, uh, originally called the Festival of, of Booths, the, the Festival of Shavuot. But in Jesus' time, it had, become, it had come to be called the Festival of Pentecost. Pentecost is just the Greek word for 50 days. It's the 50-day festival. It had sort of a, a, a harvest festival uh, as part of it, a, a thanksgiving to God of, uh, of, of God's grace and, and gift to his people. But that's not where it stays. Because very, very quickly, the story that God's people began to tell was a story about God establishing his covenant. That God fulfills the promise that he gives to them in the deliverance from Egypt by giving them the law. By giving them a new kind of covenant. By inviting them into a new kind of relationship with God's self. They belonged to God in a way that they didn't belong to him before. There's a reason that God chose Pentecost to be the day that he would send the Holy Spirit into the hearts, into the lives of his people. It was a choice that God made. He could have done it on any of those days. He could have done it the day after the ascension. Jesus just told them, go, to, go, go back to the city and pray and the Holy Spirit will come to you. He didn't give them a, a marker. He simply said, go back and start praying. And so that's what they did. They went back to the city and they gathered together and they prayed. And it was early in the morning hours on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit comes to them. And reveals God to them in a way that they hadn't understood or hadn't imagined up to that point. See, there's a rhythm in, in the story that God tells through time. That's why it is so important that we give our calendar over to, to the Lord, because God tells his story to us through Time. He tells us that because he enters into time in the person of Jesus Christ. He steps into the midst of our humanness, our createdness, our finiteness, our time-boundness. And he begins to redeem not just our humanness, but he begins to redeem all of the things that our human lives touch. Our experience together, our experience of his creation and our experience of time. All of those things are hallowed and it is from the very beginning that God in his covenants with his people set aside these specific times, not so that they could simply have days off of work where they, where, where they went and they, they gave things to the church. 
Not so that they could simply have days off of work so that they could go and give sacrifices and make sure that the Levites were taken care of. That's not why he established these festivals. These festivals in the Old Testament, these celebrations in the New Testament are established because God is trying to communicate to us something that we haven't understood because we aren't looking for him in those places. Because we aren't listening correctly. When God tells the story about time, the story of time that he tells is that in him, all things are being made complete. All things are being made whole. All things are being restored. And so after the people of God are delivered, he leads them into the wilderness. He leads them to his own place. And after a week of weeks... He gives them a day of thanksgiving. He gives them the law. He shows them that his desire is for covenant with his people. That his desire is to be united to them. To have them belong to him. To be one people with one God. To be one household of faith together. But in that law that he hands to them. He also continues this rhythm of days and weeks and weeks of weeks and years and weeks of years. What he reveals to them is that his desire is not just for them to belong to him, but for them to reflect his rule, his goodness, his righteousness into the world around them. And he calls them into a kind of celebration that doesn't exist Anywhere else in the history of humanity. He calls them to celebrate a week of years. And he calls it a year of jubilee. A year where all slaves are set free. Where all things that have been borrowed against are returned. Where all debts are cancelled. Where anything that has been lost is given back. Where even the ground itself is allowed to rest. God's deepest desire is not just for his people to know him and to belong to him. God's deepest desire is for his people to reflect his righteousness. His justice and his mercy into the world around them. And so he gives them a jubilee, a year of rest. And then there's a jubilee of jubilees every 49th year where he invites them to see a whole new kind of world around them. God is inviting his people to reflect himself. He reveals in his law to his people what God's heart always looks like. That God's desire, that God's deepest longing for us is forgiveness. Restoration. Community. Liberty. Those are the things that God wants for his creation. Those are the things that God intended for his creation from the beginning. Those are the things that sin always says no to. Those are the things that sin always grabs a hold of and tries to twist and send them away. 
and blinds our eyes to seeing the Father's heart disclosed to us in that way. And so God's choice is to reveal the Father's heart through the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ's incarnation is not just because we had sin in our hearts and needed to be forgiven so that someday we could go to heaven when we died. The incarnation of Jesus Christ is about God revealing God's self to us and inviting us to be with him the way that we were supposed to be with him from the beginning. So that we would be his people, not someday, but that we would be his people right now. That we would belong to him and that we would do what he intended for us to do, to reflect his goodness into the world around us. To reflect his righteousness, his justice. And so he revealed to us the Father's heart. He shows us what forgiveness and restoration look like. What community and liberty can look like. But the trouble is, for us, oftentimes when we talk about salvation, what we mean is not going to hell when we die. Maybe for some of you, the, 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 the idea of salvation was more complex and more rich and full than that when you, were, uh, when, when you were learning about Christianity. But for me, it was not much more than that. Not until much later in my life. It was just... You say the right prayer, and you go to heaven when you die, the end. That's what salvation is. But in Christ, God's heart for us, and for the whole of humanity, and for the whole of creation, is being unveiled. That his desire for salvation is not simply so that we are not punished. His desire for salvation is so that we can Truly be free to be God's people in his world and to reflect that true freedom into the world around us. But it can't happen while Jesus remains with us. While God's presence is with us in the person of Jesus Christ alone... All that we can do is simply mimic what we see Jesus doing. I want to read you a quote. This comes uh, from uh, Patriarch Ignatius, who was uh, a metropolitan in Syria some time ago. He says this, Without the Holy Spirit, God is far away. Christ stays in the past. The gospel is a dead letter. The church is simply an organization Authority is a matter of domination. Mission, a matter of propaganda. Liturgy is only nostalgia. And Christian living is slave morality. But with the Holy Spirit, God is with us. And because God is with us, the universe groans with the birth pangs of the kingdom. The universe is resurrected. The risen Christ is here. The gospel is a living force. The church is a communion in the life of the Trinity. The body of the living Christ. Authority is service that liberates people. Mission is 
Pentecost, the liturgy is memory and anticipation, and human action is God's work in the world. That is what Pentecost unveils in our lives and in our homes and in our parish and in our neighborhoods, in our larger community. What Pentecost unveils for us is God's presence not in one place, but God's presence in every place. Because Christ is risen. Because we have new life. And that new life that you and I have is the life of God. Lived in us by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit returns us to the Father. And so instead of simply seeing the Father's heart, instead of simply hearing about the Father's heart, we can now know and become the Father's heart. We can become wells of forgiveness and restoration and community and liberty. That way that I grew up talking about salvation was so limiting because the truth is that every single one of us today is in need of salvation in some place in our lives. It could be that for you today, salvation looks like experiencing God's forgiveness. Because maybe deep down, you don't believe that you're forgivable. Or you don't believe that you're worthy of God's forgiveness. But the truth of the gospel is that the Holy Spirit is God's forgiveness to you. Maybe today you're here. And the salvation that you need to experience is a salvation of restoration. Maybe it's not just that you feel like sin has you in its clutches, but you feel like like you are so far removed from God's presence that you don't know how to come home. But the promise of Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the truth of the gospel is that the Holy Spirit is with you right where you are. You don't have to go somewhere to find the Holy Spirit. He's with you right now. It may be that the kind of salvation you need to experience is being set free. Maybe it's being set free from addictions. Maybe it's being set free from lies that you've believed about yourself. Maybe it's being set free from the pressures of the the social climate around you. Maybe it's being set free from oppressive systems in the world. The truth of the gospel, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost means that the Holy Spirit is with you for the purpose of liberty. And the Holy Spirit is, through His church, enacting liberty for you. And it may be today that salvation for you means being a part of a community and finding your heart again in the midst of people that you love. And the promise of the Holy Spirit is this promise of restoration, this promise of oneness. That all people, whatever language they spoke... And we're not talking just about physical languages here anymore. Our hearts and our lives speak all kinds of different languages to us and about us. 
But the gift of the Holy Spirit that we hear from St. Luke as he writes about the Acts of the Apostles is this. That where God's Spirit is, there is freedom and there is healing and there is wholeness. That we are being made one because we have the Spirit. The promise of your baptism is that you belong to God. The promise of your baptism is that Christ's life now resides in you. The promise of your baptism is that the Holy Spirit has been poured out into your heart. The Holy Spirit is with you. You have the Holy Spirit right now. God's Spirit for you. Bringing salvation. You have salvation. Because God is with us. Because God's heart is revealed to us. Because God's heart has been shown to us. Because God's heart is transforming us. Into people whose lives are marked by liberty and by community, and by forgiveness, and by restoration. Let's pray together. Father, we need to experience the new life of your Holy Spirit. There are dry and lonely places in our hearts that need the fresh rain of our baptism to wash them clean and fill them with new life. There are places in our hearts that only know about bondage. And we need your spirit to speak truth and to set us free. We need the Holy Spirit to be with us because there are places in our hearts Where sin still reigns. And we need to know that in you we have forgiveness. We need your Holy Spirit. To make us new. To make us alive again. To make our lives places where your kingdom happens. Where your reign is proclaimed. To make our hearts and our homes and our community places where Jesus is Lord. Come Holy Spirit. Give us life and hope, and peace. We pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment. 
And join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.